This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. One of the cool things uh, about being an elder here and being able to be one of the preaching or teaching pastors is I get a platform like this to display my heart. And so being Father's Day, what I wanted to do was take this opportunity and read a spoken word that I wrote for my dad. So here it goes. It says, I am the product of infidelity, the result of adulterous lust. Honey dripping from his lips made the poisonous kiss impossible for her to discern. Sweet nothings filled her ears, promises being placed inside of a bucket with holes in the bottom. She remembers every word, but can never seem to find them. Why? Because they're gone. I'm pregnant, she said, with a smile on her face. I think he heard, leave. Because now he's gone, never to return. I am the one who restored the sinner. My life, it moved him from darkness into marvelous light. No. I'm not talking about Jesus, I'm talking about me, the iron lung baby that was born with deformities. I pushed him to his rightful place, reconciliation with his wife. So now my mom and I can figure out our life. It's not a mess, I'm blessed. I have older brothers and sisters, we're a family. We're blessed. I have a mom that knows who your name is, God, so I'm blessed. Then he came into the mix. He's not a perfect man, but a real man. He took my mom's hand and said, I do. But not only to her, but to Tammy, Jason, Edward, Wes, and Sash, too. Thank you, Dad. Respect us. Respect each other. Respect your elders is what he taught us. You are responsible for you. Clean your room. Do your chores is what he taught us. No one messes with my stand family. Standing between us and the devil's teeth is how he protected us. If I got it, you can have it. It wasn't much, but it was enough is how he provided for us. That was a very good picture. That is a nice portrait that I got to get captured in. Yes, a lot of sin filled the lens, but it was my family. It was my dad, my family, made complete because God brought a man who cares into it, a man that never quit on us, a man that worked countless hours for us, a man always there, a presence we can trust. So happy Father's Day, William, the one that I named my last son after. Happy Father's Day, William, my friend, my joy my inspiration, my heart, my dad. That's for my pops. That's for my pops. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to share my heart with you. I love my dad a lot. And I find it interesting that it seems like as time passes, we begin to start loving our family just a little bit more. You know, because as, as I was growing up with him, I could have never have done this, you know what I mean? Growing up, he was like, oh, my gosh, you're on me again? He was that kind of dad, like, oh. But now, like, as time passes and he gets older and you know that you never know how long he could be on this earth, it's just like the love just grows stronger. And I wish it wasn't like that. And I hope I'm not doing that with, with my family. I hope my sons and my daughter knows 
that Daddy truly does love them. So if you're just joining us today, then uh, we're in the series called Psalms. Hold on, I got to get some of this. Or it's See, Wayne will just drink and, and be like that. But I'm giving y'all a fair warning that I'm about to, you know. <laughs> See, because Wayne... Mm-hmm. When Wayne be up here, he don't even care. Don't even give you warning. He's like, what is that noise? <laughs> so we're in a series called, <laughs> he already knows. Is he in here? Is he in here? Uh, oh, he's like, oh boy. He's staring at me. He's staring at me. <laughs> well, we're in Psalms chapter 13. So if you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 13, but you don't have to stand. So you guys think you have us figured out. Some of y'all are getting ready to stand up. I already know it, but you don't have to do that. Not today. We're going to do something a little bit different. Because I spent about a month, no, I spent about two months reflecting on this psalm. And I was torn in two different directions, okay? I was thinking, how should I preach this? Should I talk about David, you know, the one that wrote this psalm, and his life and his journey that many speculate has happened that got him to write this psalm? Or should I talk about the experience that I went through two months of reflecting on this psalm? And then I was thinking to myself, why not both? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about both. So David wrote this psalm. King David. He's the king over all of Israel. But at the time that he wrote this psalm, he was just regular old David. Okay? So we got to remember how David was called to be king. God put it on the heart of his prophet Samuel to go out and to anoint the next great king. Because at this time, the king of Israel was King Saul. Okay. Now, God wanted to be Israel's king. He didn't want like a man king, like a man ruling king. He wanted to be Israel's king, but Israel wanted to be just like every other nation. We want a king. We want a man. We don't want you to be our king. We want Saul, Saul, Saul. So God gave them what they wanted. But now God's like, that's the people's king. I want my king. And so he sent Samuel out, and Samuel went looking for the next king. And after a lot of prospects, he went to David's family. And before even choosing David, he went to all his brothers like, God, is this the one? God, is that the one? God, is this the one? Nope, 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 nope. And then he finally got to David, and he anointed David there. Now, I find it interesting that just because David was anointed by Samuel to be the next king did not mean that adversity wasn't going to come his way. He still had some adversity. However, God, through Samuel, blessed David with a vision for his life, Okay. I got a question for you guys. Has God ever put a vision in your eye? Has he ever put a thought in your mind, a hope, a purpose, a desire, and a passion in your heart? Has God ever done that? Now, how often do you hold on to that blessing? How often does that blessing guide you in your steps, in your choices? In your life. See, David was anointed to be the king, but year after year after year, it just was not happening. As a matter of fact, King Saul wanted David dead because Saul knew that David was the next man up. However, David was still loyal to the king. David won many battles for the kingdom. I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with the David and Goliath story. David handled his business. David treated the royal family well, and he became best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. And some of you guys know this story, some of you don't, but it was that relationship between Jonathan and David that God used to open up my eyes, to soften my heart, to allow me to know that it's okay to tell another man or another woman or brothers and sisters and family and friends verbally that I love them. 
and give them hugs. It was God used that relationship to open up my eyes and soften my heart to what true love looks like. And I wanted to remember that. And so I named my son JD, Jonathan David, so that I can always remember the love that God has shown me. So now in this story, Jonathan, he didn't believe that his father really wanted David dead. So after a series of events, Jonathan finally found out, oh my gosh, my dad wants you dead, David. You better run. And so David got up and he started to flee. Now, David's on the run for his life. And many believe, it's not for certain, but many believe it was at this point when David was fleeing from his life that he wrote Psalm 13. So turn to Psalm 13, 1. Now you have to remember, David is on the run. He finds a place. He hides. And he writes this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Let's read that together. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? There is legitimate concern here for David. Don't forget that he was anointed to be king. God had put a vision in his eye, a thought in his mind, a hope, a purpose, a desire, and a passion in his heart. But now his life is on the line. As I was reflecting on this psalm and I was thinking about my own life, I found myself standing with David asking many questions just like him. How long, O oh Lord? Am I still your son? Do you even remember me? Are your eyes still fixed on me? Or is your face hidden from me? Father, I know, I know, I know. But do I believe? God, I'm living in this paradox of already but not yet. Sometimes it brings forth this unholy anticipation. Why? Because if my heart isn't steered towards who you are, it's not good. You see, I cry out Maranatha sometimes only because I'm giving up. I cry out, come Lord Jesus, not because I want Jesus. It's because I want to get out of this situation cry Maranatha, not because I want to see the beauty of a restored kingdom, but because I want the pains to stop. Oh God, the vision is dull in my eye. The thought is vague in my mind. My hope, my purpose, my desire, and my passion have strayed far from you because my gaze is fixed on other things. David was a key figure in Israel. He left his family to move into Jerusalem to be a general of a great army. There was a certain comfort in his life. He had his ways kind of set about him. I mean, think about it. In his mind, God gave him this vision that he is going to be king, but somehow he still loved Jonathan, who was the rightful heir to the throne. So David knew that somehow God was going to work this out. The vision God gave David did not stop him from loving with his whole heart the royal family. I mean, he would be summoned at night to come and sing and play the harp for King Saul in order to bring comfort to Saul's tormented soul. But now look at David. He's running. The things in which he loved 
are now trying to kill him. His home has turned into a gravesite, and what was his joy has turned into a deep-rooted hatred against him. That's David. Can only imagine when things were going well with David in the kingdom, how easy it was for him to keep his vision fixed in his mind. When issues would arise, I could imagine it was kind of easy for him to seek counsel in the Lord. But now, look at David. He's on the run. He is searching for a well filled with living water in a desert terrain where metaphorical buzzards are hovering over him waiting for their meal because the inevitable is bound to happen. King Saul is pursuing. I could picture it. I could picture it in my mind. I could see him hiding in a cave on a mountainside, crying out Psalms 13, 1 and 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Let's read that together. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? I have a hard time thinking about this. King Saul, his enemy. But I didn't let my mind, when I was thinking about it, wander too much on this point. Because remember, it's only speculation that these circumstances is what drove David to write this psalm. However, that doesn't negate the fact that sometimes the very things that you love turn into your enemy. My testimony, it's a wonderful witness to God's glory. However, I'm reminded every time that I say it that those things I once loved, I once loved those things with my whole heart. I did. I promise you I loved them. But now those things are an enemy to my soul. This month, I had to question myself a lot. My soul? My spirit? Oh, God, am I really alive? Are you, are you truly the way? Oh God, am I, am I trapped, Lord? The injustice that I see, the injustice that I face, will the pains of injustice and corruption, will they overtake me? Will the movements that I'm drawn to, will they walk me into an early grave? Wake up and comfort me, is what I had to scream at my soul. Why did I have to yell that to myself? Because the vision is dull in my eyes. The thought is vague in my mind. My hope, my purpose, my desire, and my passion have strayed far from you because my gaze is fixed on other things. As you can tell, it was a pretty rough few months for me And my wife will say that that's an understatement because it was hard for us. When you really read the Psalms and you pray them and you're walking through them and God speaks to you through them, it it doesn't get too easy. It gets rough, but it's beautiful. But David eventually got tired of counseling himself. 
and he did what all God's broken children do after we waste most of our time having a pity party. That's what we do. What did David do? He humbly crawled into the throne room of God. Don't forget, David was a man that knew what it was like to walk in the shadows of death. He knew what it was like to have that feeling of what you see right now might just be the last thing that you see. I have a good friend that's in the military, and he was in combat. And he says that Psalms 23 has never been as real to him than when he was in those combat zones. And so now David's running for his life. And what does he do? He begins to shift gears and he writes Psalms 13, 3 and 4. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Let's read that together. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. David knew that he could very well die. So what does David want God to do? Light up his eyes. The last thing that David wants to see will be the first thing he sees when he's resurrected, the beauty of God. Light up my eyes. Father, I know the vision is dull in my eye. The thought is vague in my mind. My hope, my purpose, my desire, and my passion have strayed far from you because my gaze is fixed on other things. But God, through your loving touch, through your loving kindness, through your gracious Holy Spirit, God, light up my eyes. Give me life, God, before my doubts which are your enemies to your gospel. Don't allow them to consume and kill me, God. Light up my eyes, O Lord. You want to talk about solitude in the midst of all the noise and clatter. David was able to go to this inward place in his spirit and in that place, he found his Lord. He found his God. He found his Redeemer. And through prayer, God has allowed me to go to that place as well. The noise was still loud all around me. Life was still moving fast all around me. But it seemed as if things just got a little bit more clear. The phone calls didn't stop. It felt like bad news after bad news kept coming my way. The emails and text messages, they just kept coming. I still had to pay the mortgage, budgeting, the bills, they never stopped. My school assignments all still do. My kids still needed hugs. My wife still needed affection and love. But in the midst of all of that, God lit up my eyes. And my gaze was now fixed on his righteousness. His righteousness that was given to me through Jesus, the great exchange, my sin for his righteousness. 
David's mind, soul, and spirit as well was filled with the righteousness of God. And you can tell that it was because of the last two verses that he wrote in Psalms 13, 5 and 6. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart rejoice, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's read that together. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Now things around David didn't get better. Saul still wanted him dead. David was still on the run. Death was still a very real possibility for him. But David started trusting in the salvation of God. In the most weary times, his heart was able to rejoice. There was still a song in his mouth. There was still praise on his lips. Even in the combat zone, David declares that the Lord, his God, has dealt bountifully with him. And so it is with me. So it is with us. Through the million text messages that I received these past two months, there was one that I got the other day that lit up my heart. And it read like this. Hey, Wes, if you got some spare time, I would like to sit down and talk to you about some things. I thank you, God, for that one text message. Although I had a lot of phone calls, most of them giving me troublesome news, there was one phone call that I received the other day. The conversation went a little like this. I know it's late, but if you could still meet with me, I will even come to your house. I said, cool, man. Come on over. I had a lot of meetings these past months, a lot of them involving us trying to figure out how to navigate as Christians in this crazy, crazy world that we're living in. However, I had this one meeting the other day as I sat down with this guy, and it had me explaining to him how God has removed the heart of stone out of his chest and has placed inside of him a heart of flesh that beats for God. So now you can feel him, you can know him, you can see him, you can touch him. And my friend was saved that evening. So I say all this. I say all that to say this, that God lit up my eyes through salvation. Through the midst of all my pain, all my doubt, all my unbelief, all my sorrows, God still saves. He does not stop. It does not matter what we are going through. God still saves. It doesn't matter what we're going through. God is on the throne and he reigns and he saves his people. God still saves. And so now I'm able to stand with David and I can rejoice that the vision is clear in my eyes. The thought is well in my mind. My hope 
my purpose, my desire, and my passion, they all have been restored. Why? Because my eyes are now fixed on the righteousness of God. God still saves. Let's pray. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.